it's such a natural interface as well. Yeah. You know, just talking to people. Whether that's chat, whether it's voice, whatever, the conversation is such a natural interface that people are used to. You know, there's a there's a whole generation, as we, we might talk about in a second, actually, a whole generation that have not have been excluded from tech because they can't work smartphones. Hello and welcome to the podcast by We Build Box. So this is our first ever monthly news digest. Um, this will now happen at probably the last week of every month with myself and Craig Pugsley, the director and creative lead at Studio Flow. So we'll be chatting about the top news stories from the month. And um, this will generally revolve around the voice space as that's something that Craig specializes in. And it's also something that We Build Box is moving towards. Um, but we'll also drop in a couple of general tech topics too. So without further ado, I'll introduce my co-host Craig. Hello Lucy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm really good, really good. It's a quite a blustery day here in Bristol today. Yeah. Um, so coming together in this weather. It's like the end of days almost. But yeah. And the sun's shining now and it's awesome. I know, it looks beautiful now. It does look glorious. <laughs> we brought this weather just for you. Oh, thank that. you. Um, shall I get my little pitch out of the way first? Yeah, go for it. All Tell right. people a little bit about Studio Flow. So Studio Flow is a digital studio which is set up here in Bristol. Uh, we build voice experiences for organisations that want to move into this space. So um, Alexa, Google Assistant, but also increasingly at the minute, people building bespoke services into their you know, iOS apps or websites um, that are using um, you know, bits and pieces of technology from the, kind of the voice ecosystem. Um, so we specialize in design, marketing, content creation, but all around voice experiences. And you know, I'm a strong believer as a, a kind of um, technophile, technophobe, what's the right? No, technophobe Te is someone who doesn't like technology. Yeah, right, I'm the exact you're definitely not that. <laughs> technophile, uh, I, I think this is the next big paradigm, you know, conversational experiences, ambient computing. You know, the technology just sort of disappears into the background. I think that's where we're going. That's obviously where we're going, right? 100%. So, um, yeah, we thought, what a great time to build something that's dedicated to kind of focusing on creating great experiences for consumers around that space. So that's kind of where we are right now. Definitely. So get in touch if you want that kind of uh, help. Yeah, so where can people find you? So uh, best in, best uh, contact method is LinkedIn. Um, Studio-flow.co.uk is the website. Um, just find me around Bristol generally. Just kind of walk up to me in the street and say I want to give you some work and <laughs> we'll have a great conversation about something and uh, we'll take it from there but yeah LinkedIn is probably a good, a good, good place is it perfect right, sweet pitch over yeah. that's it right should we let's get started on the top news stories of the month how exciting okay cool right let's start with Facebook portal then shall we yes because I don't think we could avoid this one this is a big deal 100% so how do you feel about Facebook because I left Facebook years ago and I kind of haven't looked back since. Oh, do you know what? I wrestle with Facebook. I do. Because I want to leave, but I, I'm constantly on Messenger. I'm a mm. big Messenger person. Like, obviously, with the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, I am concerned about my privacy and my data, as everyone is. Um, but yeah, I can't see myself actually leaving. It's tricky, isn't it? It's yeah. so tricky. They did such a clever thing, breaking Messenger out. Yeah. They saw that trend happening. They saw the you know, the I suppose through their analytics, they saw what people were using in their experience, right? And they yeah. moved that out into a separate thing, and it was it was very clever. Um, so, what was the final straw for you? What made you just leave? Just nonsense. People tagging me in photos I didn't want to be tagged in. Yeah. You know? Not that I do the kind of things that I don't want to be tagged in photos, and obvious. <laughs> obviously. You know, obviously, but uh, it was just um, that lack of control. I yeah, think, was know. it? 
just having to give that up for the for the for the benefit of being able to follow other people. And you know what? I'm on Twitter. It's not like I not I don't do social media at all. I love yeah. it. Love Twitter. LinkedIn for, for organisation, you know, for work stuff has been fantastic as well. Um, but you know, I just meet. I just like prefer talking to people. You know, like yeah. it doesn't that that other than Twitter, nothing beats that really. No. And I just think all the people that you know, all the kind of friends you might have on Facebook that you know through other people, friends of friends, not really that interested in what they're doing and it got a bit stalkerish and a bit weird. It did get a bit stalkerish. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of dropped off at that point. So what's keeping you hooked in then? It is think? probably just the messenger because right. I, I very, very rarely look at anyone's timeline on my own. I don't really yeah. post anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is probably mainly Messenger, which actually links in really well with the Facebook portal, isn't it? Because that's, that's why they've kind of developed this. Yeah, it, it really is. And you can see they're really pushing Messenger bots as well, mm-hmm. you know, very, very heavily. They're obviously one of the first commercial vendors to release something. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, as much as I may not use Facebook, I may not, uh, may not use the kind of, um, you know, the core function of, of that experience, you know. Facebook as an organisation and what they're developing is absolutely incredible. I mean, F8 last year, or this year, wasn't it? Some of the stuff that they're releasing um, around, you know, the the machine learning, around... um, Did you you see that demo they did where they mapped a room through video of... uh, that people had recorded? No, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, it's just insane amounts of computational kind of working out. Like some crazy, really, really crazy intelligent people obviously worked on this. Yeah? That's cool. But they're taking videos that people have, have um, filmed of, of like a room, you know. Say say uh, your family have taken videos over, you know, two or three Christmases and they all come together. Yeah. Facebook then collate all those videos together and then through some crazy algorithms, vision algorithms, map the space of the room Whoa. so that you can go into it in VR. And of course, Oculus now owned by Facebook. Yeah. And, you know, they're pushing that that space as well, uh, and creating you know, environments for your friends to hang out in in that space. Yeah. But yeah, being able to go back to your childhood home and that hang out with awesome. your parents in that space, it's so it's so interesting. Really, really that. interesting. And it's the real tip of the iceberg, I think, for what they they're able to do with all this data that they've got. Because you know, as the as the classic phrase goes, if you're not paying for something you're the product yeah right and yeah. of course we don't pay for this so all of our content is the product and this is what they're doing with it these are the kind of applications for it yeah it's really interesting stuff it is so interesting we're getting off the topic of portal we are bring us back <laughs> because actually on that topic so they are they are massively innovative obviously but with the portal there's been quite a lot of reviews saying kind of apart from their amazing camera features um what's the point mm. a little bit you know mm. like how, how how does it differentiate itself massively from like the Echo Show or um, I know obviously the Home Hub doesn't have a camera but you know what features really make it stand out apart from the camera well, this is a good question isn't it you know, I, I think maybe it's a device that they had to do mm. because they were getting left behind yeah you know, Amazon being Amazon massively experimental massively lean really really quick agile they're just getting stuff out into the market mm. and look at how many devices they released just recently you know into the into the um, uh, into the industry and I, I think they were just felt like they were getting left behind you know? yeah well, Facebook had been rumored to be doing a voice experience uh, basically an echo Amazon and you know, Alexa for mm. years and years and they never released it it's never really come to fruition so far yeah you know so maybe this is their first tentative step into the into that space and of course 
like we said before, ambient computing, you know, mm-hmm. if we believe this is the next generation, Facebook at the moment is not ambient. It's on your phone. It's on the current technology generations. Yeah. If they want to get into your living room, if they want to get into your kitchen, if they want to be as pervasive as Google and Amazon are being at the moment, mm-hmm. um, they've got to build a device that it's gets into true. that space. But maybe not this one. Maybe not. So, yeah, there's two There's two versions, isn't there? There's the 10-inch and the 15-inch. So the 10-inch looks a little bit like the Echo Show. Yeah. And then the 15-inch, for me, it looks a little bit like an iPad on a stick. I don't know about you. <laughs> but, yeah, iPad on a stick, I love that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's probably their design direction. They were in, like, creative brief. What should we make? I don't know, just, I don't know, like an iPad on a stick. Yeah, I feel like that's how it went down. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when I saw it. I was like, oh, is that the 15-inch? <laughs> that's not what I expected. Um... But you could see, I, I can understand why they've done two, two yeah. different price points. Yeah, just like Amazon, just like Google, you know, you've got to hit different parts of the market. Um, Amazon have been very clever with their cheaper devices as well. Get them in as a gateway kind of drug almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then once you're convinced that it's got some value, then you'll kit your entire you know house out mm. um, with it. So I can understand the two price points. But broadly though, same kind of features? Same features, yeah. is it? So... Facebook portal, so it has got Alexa features, hasn't it? Mm. Um, but it hasn't really made it clear what features it does and doesn't have, because it is said that it hasn't got the full range of features, but I can't seem to figure out what it does and doesn't have. Do you know? It's it's really confusing, isn't it? And I think yeah. this is the problem that all third-party developers, um, or all third parties, other people that aren't Amazon trying to use Alexa are going to suffer from as well. Mm. You know, they you get a great, you know, fully rounded experience when you use an Amazon device with Alexa, but when you use Alexa somewhere else, there'll be certain things that just don't work with it. Yeah. Certain music services that don't work through it. Um, There's a whole range of stuff. So, yeah, it isn't particularly clear. It almost feels a little bit like Facebook kind of bolted Alexa in there Mm -hmm. after maybe some of their own first party, you know, voice assistant kind of experiences. I agree. Work quite as well as they might have expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is a bit confusing. I don't. It's not really a massively compelling sales feature, is it? Really? It's not. Sales point. It's not. One thing I will say for the Facebook portal is their whole sort of angle. Well, their slogan is "If you can't be there, feel there," mm. and I think that whole angle of bringing families together, especially with the camera. So, mm. um, the camera obviously it, it moves around the room with you, which mm. is lovely. So if you're cooking a meal or if you've got children running around mm. it can span open to 140 degrees oh wow yeah. which is awesome so it'll zoom in on you if it's just you talking and then as soon as it sees someone else in the frame it will span open right. um which for families especially like living abroad or whatever i do understand like that's a lovely way to stay connected yeah, and i yeah. think that's probably the angle that they are taking and they need to continue to take to set themselves apart and that's really their core value isn't it yeah connecting families and groups of people together yeah yeah i I absolutely 100% agree and it's those are lovely those features those kind of features are absolutely superb it's it maybe it's just because of the way that we've been hardwired as humans though voice calls tend to be a call don't they you tend to start them you have a bit of a conversation then you finish them yeah these kind of devices though could be connected 24 hours a day they could be permanently a little portal you know through to someone else's world right yeah. that's probably where they want to go with this yeah so there's a bit of behavioral change there i think that they need to they should encourage you know, yeah yeah uh, to really say you know this is a little window from your world into someone else's world yeah you know and those kind of features where the, f- the, the camera's following you around 
are perfect little kind of technological solutions to that experience of making it great that you can have someone that's you know hundreds of miles away thousands of miles away potentially but still feeling like they're connected yeah. yeah it's a really interesting point i think you're right that is their big kind of core sales feature isn't it this this device yeah definitely apparently they were going to launch it in may but they pushed it back because of the whole cambridge analytica thing and they also cut their um cut their order volume by like 20 percent mm. for 2018 so wow they've obviously okay. they're analyzing how they're going to be received very mm. heavily aren't they and they're trying to play it the best way they can privacy 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 hey yeah it's um yeah it obviously it's the big headline issue uh when, when the device was released i saw nothing but privacy issues in the headlines no tech specs no compelling use cases like you know connecting people in two different it was all about do you want facebook having a permanently connected camera in your living room. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, that's, we know we've really reached a point in kind of the journalistic maturity around privacy issues where that's that's the headline thing that everyone's talking about, right? Definitely, yeah. Do you think they've done enough? Do you think, they, in terms of the portal specifically, do you think they've done enough to convince people? Because you can turn the camera off, like physically, well, can't you? Like yeah, shutter it. to be fair, they've done two ways. So there's a button that switches off the camera and the mic. Right. But I guess just in case they think that people won't trust that I think it also comes with like a cap <laughs> so you can physically cover the camera but you see so many people that have done the same on their laptops yeah they? you know putting like little bits like of sticky tape note yeah. or something. in fact the other day I saw just go off on a massive tangent I saw someone who bought specific stickers that were designed for webcams on laptops really yeah it's like an actual the right shape to cover it little oh. tag you can take it on and off like someone's selling stickers to cover webcam laptop. Yeah. Webcams. Weird. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. Having I mean, that available. Now I'm... All, like, when you think about it, it makes me want to get one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of... I'm kind of oblivious, but then I'm like, oh, my, what if someone is watching me? I'm scared. Yeah. I know, because that's possible, right? It's yeah. not just hardware. There's nothing physically disconnected. Totally. Mm. Um, this morning, funnily enough, I saw an article... Um, Wall Street Journal are uh, out in Facebook again, less than they're relentless. Uh. Um, apparently, there is proof from internal documents within Facebook that they were considering selling data between 2012 and 2014. <laughs> That's been released this morning. Oh, oh. So, I mean, you know the whole discounts around Black Friday and Cyber yeah. Monday on the portal. I'm not sure that's going to help. It's really hard for them. Yeah. It's really hard. And then... You know, I don't have an awful lot of sympathy, really. No. You know, but they, they, they were the first kind of to use data in this way. Yeah. You know, and they were, I think, more naive, you know. Cool. I, I honestly think they were more naive than they were bad judgment, than they had bad judgment. You know? I genuinely think that Zuckerberg kind of was trying to do a good thing. Yes, obviously there's massive commercial implications and I'm sure he saw huge commercial value in the data itself, you know, mm. and the way to sell ads, you know, through that, that targeted data. But I still think that that mission of being able to connect people really effectively, uh, you know, is where they came from on this one. So I'd love to believe that they were more naive than stupid. Yeah. Um, but this just keeps biting them, doesn't it? And it's, it does. <laughs> are they doing enough? I, they, I, I feel like they're quite passive. I mean, sometimes it's better to be passive. I, I get that they, they could either go one or two ways, and they, I, I think they chose initially anyway to be more passive, and now they're coming back a little bit. But um, 
I don't think I personally don't think they've done enough to really reassure us yeah like if you think about it so you're in a shop are you going to buy the Facebook portal the home hub or the echo show who do you want to have your data yeah isn't it it really is yeah you've, you've, but do most consumers think like that yeah probably not I mean we're obviously we're in the industry we're aware of it you know, there's lots of evidence to suggest that people are willing to give up huge swathes of their personal data for these kind of features. Yeah. You know, they're willing to sign that, tick that box and say, yeah, you can follow me around as long as I get, you know, good vouchers for the shops I'm going past or whatever. Yeah. It's, I think, but the, the, okay, so this is really interesting. So this comes back to responsibility and oversight, I think, because if the consumers aren't uh, fully aware of the um, downsides of what they're buying into, for whatever reason, you know, um, and Facebook themselves commercially are not going to be, you know, making it super obvious to their consumers what that data is going to be used for. I mean, it doesn't make commercial sense for them to do that, right? No. Um, it has to come back to oversight. And this just reminds me of Zuckerberg up in front of Congress in the US and watching those videos of him sat there, you know. Yeah. And some of them are a bit squirmy. You can see that he's obviously a little bit like, oh God, yeah. this is so awkward. But that's fine. But the videos that I love were the Congress people who just don't get technology mm. quizzing the biggest technology, you know, CEO in the world yeah. about it. A classic, like someone, some congressman from Texas going, you know, I don't use Facebook. <laughs> I, I don't use the Twitters myself, but my grandson does. And he says it's brilliant. And I've got a question for you. Like, and you can Great see, accent, by the way. Thanks very much. You can see I'm available for parties and bar mitzvahs. And Great, that's good to know. Contact in on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, good <laughs> um, The uh, But you could see Zuckerberg just frozen. He was like, obviously he couldn't go back to them and say, you know, why on earth are you the person that's supposed to be giving me oversight on this? Yeah. But they obviously don't know what they're doing. You know? No. They, they, and I think this is a struggle with governments generally and trying to have some kind of oversight or um, you know lead from a governance perspective um, to help their population you know and it's the same in the UK I don't think we have great pol political technological understanding in this country either no I mean it's such a it's such a, a vast landscape isn't it it's mm. constantly changing it's constantly it's evolving it's so hard um, for public sectors in particular I think to keep up with with it it's really true yeah, um, it's really true. Um, but then, you know, you've, you've got to have, I would say, you've got to have someone in, in the technology space that's advising you. Yeah, 100%. Really well. Yeah. Like those governors should never have gone into that meeting without being fully informed. Absolutely not. I because agree. it comes political then, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're doing it because they want to be seen on C-SPAN or CNN. They want to be seen to be in front of their, you know, representing their, their people. Yeah. Their state. Are we waffling too much on this Yeah, one? possibly. Right. So <laughs> I feel like this is what's going to happen we mentally. We'll this just is, chit This will be a six-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Charge up your iPods, people. Because <laughs> we're going to burn them um, out. So as an overview of that then, I, I personally think that all these devices they kind of have their own place mm. in my opinion like I think you know somewhere better in the kitchen somewhere like you wouldn't maybe want one with a camera in your bedroom or your bathroom so I guess you know it depends where you want it for they've all got their own place unless you want to monetize that of course unless you I mean yeah no that's a whole other that's what Facebook should get into right yeah 100%. that's how technology gets proven I mean yeah won't go there 
No, let's um, move on quickly. <laughs> let's park that one for now. What should we talk about next? Um, what about Google Duplex? Oh, let's talk about Duplex. Let's right. Do you want to lead with that? So. Google Duplex, I'm sure everyone that's listening is aware of what Duplex is, um, but just a really quick potted summary. It's Google's attempt to create a assistant that can go out into the market for you and do little jobs. And you know, the biggest problem with AI at the moment, uh, one of the biggest challenges with smart assistants and AI generally is that they try to boil the ocean, you know, they try and do everything. That's why you could argue Siri isn't particularly good at what it does, right? Because it's trying to do so many things. Same with Alexa and Google Assistant. But Google Duplex is really clever because they've narrowed the domain. So it's trying to be an assistant just for booking things for you. And not just for booking things, but for booking restaurants or hairdresser appointments. So it's kind of niching in a niche. Um, and that's great from an AI perspective, having a nicely narrowed domain so that you don't have lots of potential uh, potentials for, for getting it wrong yeah. is the perfect way of doing it. So you know, Google are, are fully aware of this and they've been working on Duplex for years and years. And it basically phones up a restaurant and pretends to be a human? Well, this is the thing. So the original um, sort of video that was released about it, they made it super clear it was an assistant. Yep. They sort of said, this is Google's automated assistant. And then on the second video that was released um, last week or the week before, it was far more chilled. It was like, I'm calling on behalf of Google. Mm -hmm. This may be recorded though. They did have to say this may be recorded. And that's because of um, some, some policy in 12 of the states or something. They yeah. need to... Um, have like full party inclusion um, but yeah can you believe how amazing it is though like the, how natural the conversation is yeah it's stunningly natural yeah. isn't it there's the ums and ahs and it pauses in the right places it's so impressive and so there's lots to unpack here loads and loads and loads why why did they why did they have to do that like what what, what drove them to build something that natural, you know, was it? Did they do a load of testing with their current assistant, bit, bit stilted, a bit, you know, a bit too structured, um, and they just didn't get what they wanted from the phone calls they were making, you know, from the from the people they're trying to book the, the tables for? Because it's a it's a fairly constrained domain, and it's a fairly straightforward conversation, yeah. isn't it? Really, yeah. I want to book a table for this time for this pe this many people. It's fairly simple. And most of those conversations are over fairly quickly, certainly when I've had them in the past, when I've tried to book, you know, it's a fairly straightforward thing to do. Yeah. You would have thought that efficiency, just getting it done quickly, would have been the kind of order of the day there. But obviously they found that wasn't the case. They found that they had to put a layer of personality, that, that extra layer of humanity, almost artificial humanity, onto that to get the result they wanted from those those kind of conversations. Really, really interesting, super interesting. Yeah, I think I think it might be as well just that they felt so much pushback with people's fear around automation. Mm. I think, you know, people are still so dubious of it. And they, I mean, there's a mix of stats, isn't there? Like there's a lot of stats saying that like mm. 50 to 80% of people would rather have a mix of AI and human. Yeah. But I think there's always that fear and that doubt that yeah. it will actually work or it will actually book it. Or So I think making it as natural as possible, it just reassures humans, I think. Yeah, because we are, at the end of the day, humans still, aren't we? Yeah, you know, we are and animals we're and we're scared and we're sceptical and we're worried. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. And, and you can see the stories that came out around it 
were very, very negative, weren't they? Yeah. At the time, there was there was a kind of initial wave of oh my god, that's amazing, but then after that, there was a massive tidal backlash of like this is scary, isn't it? Just yeah. like fear. There was. I was quite. I don't know about you, but I was quite surprised at the amount of backlash. I mean, mm. I was more amazed. Whether it's because I'm in tech, possibly, but I just thought it was amazing and exciting. Yeah. I was surprised at the negativity. Really, really surprised. Yeah, because. But at the end of the day, negativity sells papers, right? Yeah. It, it, it pushes headlines. It, it's it's um, you know, and everyone loves a ne- nice negative tech press story, right? They like, do. Tech is going to come and kill us. And this was a this was a bit of a, a kind of melting pot of of AI is going to take your jobs. Um, you know, um, artificial intelligence is going to be so pervasive that you're not going to be able to tell what's real and what's not. Blade Runner, basically. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like a real a kind of real combination, a, a sort of storm of. Um, of uh, things that people could hate on but no I'm with you in 100% the technology is absolutely incredible and those pauses those ums are actually covering the assistant doing real lookups it's actually doing real like API calls and actually looking up real data is it? I didn't know that like humans do that's why we um and we are oh, I didn't and we pause. That. That's really cool. And how we look off into the distance when we're kind of thinking about what we're going to say next that's well obviously that's our brains can do the processing yeah. they need to do right so that's why we're hardwired to respond to those pauses and ums and ahs in other people. Yeah. And that's obviously why it works so well. But that's actually what it's doing in the background, which I found really interesting. I love that. I didn't realise that. I just thought they put it in there to make it sound more human, but yeah. that's so cool. The computer's thinking. Yeah. Which makes it even more kind of human-like. Yeah. Isn't it? And kind of even more weird. I love that. Um, to bring We Build Box into it, I don't know whether you know, but we're actually developing um, kind of a, a similar thing but flipping it on its head Mm -hmm. so we'll be automating the company side so for example if you were on your way to the airport and you hadn't checked in you can call you know the Weebill Box airline or whatever um, and say oh I forgot to check in can you help me and we'll go back yeah of course we can um, verify that it's you using your voice so your voice is your password wow Um, and then it can do all the the admin for you and then it'll email it directly to your inbox that sounds amazing that's really interesting isn't it yeah so that's really exciting something we're working on at the moment so yeah watch this space it's such a natural interface as well yeah you know just talking to people whether that's chat, whether it's voice, whatever, the conversation is such a natural interface that people are used to, you know. There's a, there's a whole generation, as we, we might talk about in a second actually, a whole generation that have not have been excluded from tech because they can't work smartphones, you know, yeah. because they just can't get their head around it. I mean, you know, I, I know uh, some, some slightly elderly people as well now that are not just a bit sceptical about technology, but feel deeply alienated from it. Definitely. So being able to offer that kind of service that, you, that you're talking about there, it's just going to open up the possibilities to a whole range of new people as well. Yeah, it's so it's super exciting actually because yeah, you're right. It's to, like just huge generations have been completely alienated, and now it's kind of like they've got a new lease of life, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Like and obviously senior, more senior people is the main thing we're talking about but also children to just be able to interact with their voice because obviously that's the first thing they learn how to do they, they chat and it's lovely that they can they've got the world at their I was going to say at their fingertips but actually their voice tips their voice their tips? tongue tips <laughs> tip of their tongues <laughs> yeah let's go with tip of the tongue right the, the, the final thing on duplex actually I wanted to mention was that um, uh, you know I think what we're seeing now in the market uh, in the US specifically because they are the most mature market for, for voice yeah. um, is a new level of interaction fidelity 
So in the same way that when smartphones came along, you know, we were porting our websites across to them. And the first generation of apps for smartphones were pretty basic, right? They were kludgy websites kind of smushed into the size of a small phone. And it took a few iterations. It took a few, you know, years, arguably, to iterate that idea, to have specific, you know, design languages for building stuff on on phones um, and really make an experience that was tailored to the device. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with voice I'm seeing now, I think, anyway, in my opinion. You know, the first set of voice assistants were a bit stilted. Yeah. A bit artificial, a bit dry, you know, they lacked a bit of personality. As much as you know, these companies tried to crowbar in something, they were still quite artificial. And I think things like this, Google Duplex, and the um, kind of human aspects to it that they're adding, humanistic aspects to it that they're adding, to make it more natural, is going to be the next wave of, of kind of personality development. You know? And um, when we work with clients on creating personalities for their brands to, yeah. to go out into the world as a voice experience, you know, it's really simple things like making sure that your bot doesn't repeat itself with the same phrase each time. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, simple things like that. Um, but this Google Duplex idea takes that to another level, I think, really, and, and adding in those kind of human aspects to it are um, are, are really interesting. And I yeah. think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think everyone's going to follow suit after this. I think you're absolutely right. Okay, let's move on. So we just touched on it a little bit, but should we talk about Lisa? Mm. So um, let's do that. Yeah, a pilot's just run, hasn't it? A four-month pilot. Um, with a virtual community of um, over 50s in San Diego, I believe. Um, I so love San Diego. I've never been. I really want to go. Oh, God. I mean, for all the whole West Coast, basically. Yeah. It's just amazing, right? But just San Diego. It's just a beautiful place. And it's very close to Mexico. Is it? Because I've been to Mexico. I didn't realise it was close to Mexico. You could do a quick little hop over the border. Should have done that. You know, a couple of tequilas. Oh. And then a hop back on the train, obviously. Yeah. Train? Are, you, train. are you a tequila or a Sambuca person? Ah, oh, tequila all the way. Yeah, same. Very bad nights on Sambuca. Yeah, same. Can't do it. Can't no. do it anymore. Hardwired now. Yeah. But uh, tequila. I love tequila. Dangerous. Absolutely love it. Um, um, back to topic. Can so, we find any tequila sponsors, do you reckon? Oh, to sponsors yeah. Because that would just be amazing. Let's right? shout that out. If any tequila sponsors are listening. We do oh, accept really? payment in alcohol. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're fine with that. Yeah, absolutely fine. No problem with that at all. Sweet. Get in touch. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was a, a four-month pilot that run on Le- the, a chatbot called Lisa, um, or VoiceBot, I should say. Um, and it was actually super successful. It was all around um, assisting the elderly, basically, wasn't it? It yeah. was about wellness and health and reminding them to take certain medicines and also just kind of keeping them company in a way and having that extra voice or person in the house if you like it is a big deal it's such a big deal and i think you know we we get so excited in our little world of tech where it changes every day you know something new comes out and we've forgotten about the old thing and we're on to the new thing and if you live in that world and you know i my entire house is iot'd up yeah you know, if someone bur- if someone burgled my house right now, they would be in for a serious shock. Right? <laughs> All the lights start flashing. My robot Hoover starts, and it starts going around chasing them. I've got there's sirens <laughs> really that are going got a robot off. Hoover? Too right. No way. Okay, other than a dishwasher and the sat nav, the robot Hoover is the one thing that saved my marriage. Really? Yeah, absolutely. The the um, sat nav because I can't read a map. 
right. in the car because I get car sick. Same. Right, unbelievable. Um, and uh, my wife, uh, she's she's lovely, and black reading isn't her strong suit. So you know, yeah. it doesn't work that way. So a sat nav saved our marriage. Yeah, dishwasher, same thing. We're both students, right? Just piles <laughs> and piles of dishes everywhere. Both of us blaming each other. Dishwasher saved it, but the robot vacuum cleaner, brilliant. Absolutely really? insanely good, yeah. Really, really good tech. So um, it literally just it's hoovers, it's that, like it'll just hoover. Yeah, it goes off half past seven every night after the kids have gone to bed. <laughs> Maps out the room so it knows. In fact, you can even tell it, go and clean the kitchen. And it'll, in fact, to Alexa, you can say, Alexa, tell, I've got Nito, and Nito, right. try to load, and Nito's the best one uh, for me anyway. I've said, Nito, go, go, go clean the kitchen. And you hear it go, and off it goes. How do I not know about this? I, uh, yeah. The thing is, right, uh, like a lot of tech, the first versions of it, properly ropey. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Like it basically just pushes the dirt around, you know, like the, the first ones were really bad. Yeah. Or they were really expensive. Like Roombas in the, back in the day were super expensive. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, as, as tech goes, the, the, the components have, have miniaturized, the, the software's got really good as well. Actually, as a big software, it's been a big push on these. Because um, it obviously has to do the most efficient route around your house. Yeah. <clears throat> but being able to, uh, yeah, and it's all come down to a good price point now. So for, uh, you know, not a, much, not, not a huge amount of money, you can get something that's pretty much going to hoover your house when you don't need to. That you're is not fabulous. There. And of course, you can then combine it with, you know, something like Nest Hello or Nest Protect, you know, the smoke alarms. Yeah. So it knows when you've left the house or just geofencing. Yeah. Um, and it will only come on when you're not there. So that's, that's it. Fab. Off you go to work. Hoover comes out. And for me, this is another example of ambient technology. Yeah. And, and how, you know, we're going to see more of, more of this technology going into the background. And in fact, the, the perfect taking this as far as it will go example, I think, is that um, uh, I've seen some people that put fitted kitchens in now, like fitted kitchen makers, actually of building units, cabinets that you can put in your kitchen with the little flaps at the bottom where the kickboard is. And the flap will open, the vacuum will come out, do its hoovering, and go back in again. No way. Because it just hides itself under that space. That is perfect. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Because I don't want to see my vacuum cleaner. No. Right? I'm not, I don't really care what it does. I just want my house to be tidy. Yeah, like Henry's are cute, but you just don't want them living with you, really, do you? No, that's it, right? Yeah. So, anyway, get distracted again. I know. Right, let's pull, <laughs> let's pull, pull it. Let's pull it back. We're talking about seniors. Back. Let's go out to the seniors. Yeah. Um, what were we so, saying? Yeah, basically, just chatting about Lisa, weren't we? Um, huge success on the pilot. There was a 90% retention rate, although they're not actually sure how many seniors took part in that, but mm. the ones that did huge retention rate yeah um yeah i just think i think it's just amazing like it breaks down barriers um it keeps people connected something that we work a lot with in rebuild box is we work a lot with councils and one of the main problems we found with that councils experience is loneliness in the community it's right. a huge issue and um, so a bot like this is a real game changer for that generation yeah yeah absolutely and it's so accessible isn't it as it you is. just said, it's something you, you, you anyone literally anyone can use. I think actually I've I've got um, an elderly relative, um, and technology has passed it by entirely. Yeah. And it's not so much it is it's partly it's just confusing, right? Which is fair enough. If you've yeah. not been raised on it, it is hard to get into using smartphones now and iPads and stuff. Um, but it's also prejudice. Yeah. Right, because it's new, right? And I think there's a lot of things that, that a person of that age would say, I'm not interested in, you know, I'm just not interested, I'm not bought into it. It's it's either dangerous 
or um, I'm confused by it and I don't like it. I don't like what it represents to me. Yeah. But ambient computing, voice experiences, chat experiences are taking all that away. Mm. And they're going to be... Um, people have got a front line to that data that content right because that's it's about democratization I'm a massive believer in tech and the power of tech to make us better humans and the internet and the information on the internet does that right absolutely but but you've been completely barred from that if you're not savvy with touch screens and mice and keyboards and yeah it's really bringing back the inclusion isn't it because especially for the older generation I mean two big issues is like sounds obvious but arthritis and eyesight so to see a screen and to be able to touch the either the screen or buttons of a keyboard or something they're two really basic things that I mean so many people struggle with so voice is just such a natural and obvious solution yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know my elderly relative is very lonely you know they are they are on their own a lot yeah um because you know we're leading more and more busy lives so their sons and daughters are leading a really busy life. Their grandchildren are leading really busy lives as well. You know, you could argue that they're going to see them less, potentially. And so this kind of thing, this something to keep them company, is is fantastic. It's, you know, it's, it's incredible what they, what's possible. And actually, the, the, what, what Lisa's doing here, the functional stuff, like reminding you to take your pills and, you know, um, uh, answering your questions and stuff, is mm-hmm. great. But I, I'm really interested in the proactive stuff that it's doing. Yeah. That's really interesting for me. Like making sure that it's 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 contacting you on a regular basis to make sure you're okay, you know? Yeah. Just being that, adi- like you say, you know, being that additional voice in the household that's not normally there. Yeah, it's like having a, it's just a presence, isn't it? A constant presence. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, really interesting. Um, and this is where... You know, we've had technology that's helped um, people with disabilities for years, you know, and it's, it's revolutionary in, in changing their lives. And I think this kind of technology is going to help, um, you know, uh, elderly people in, in a similar kind of way, I think, in the future. It's, it's really going to help open up whole new worlds to them. Um, Absolutely. Actually, there's one thing it says about it here is that it's got a sense of humour. Yeah. And I love that. That was on a couple of the reviews of it, wasn't it? It was yeah. just so lovely. Because it's a personality that sits in the corner of the room. Right? Yeah. You want it to feel, again, humour as possible. And humour does that. It's a great leveller. You know, I, I use a lot of humour in the stuff that we design. You know, as, If it's right for the brand, obviously, we use a lot of humour in what we build. And it's, um, it's a great way of making that connection, that human connection. Yeah, it's super important. So where's this going to go in the future then? Like, what's the, this is obviously a pilot and it's been really successful. Where can this go in the future? I mean, to be honest, I think it's super valuable for, for things like councils, you know, for them to have it as, a, as an option for their communities. Because yeah. um, also, you know, things like what, what's on in the calendar, like what's, what's going on in the community. It's just local inclusion, not just to have that presence that can remind you of things and, you know, give you any random information. It's like what's going on in your street, around your corner, yeah. in your town, in your town hall, you know, like... It's just bringing it back home, isn't it? Yeah. And that used to happen naturally, didn't yeah. it? It used to happen because someone would pop round and say hi and tell you about what was going on. And it doesn't seem like that's happening quite so much. Like no. I say, busy lives and whatever the reason is. So, yeah, something like this that can help um, bring that sense of community back together again is really, really important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's... Um, yeah, like I say, I'm a, I'm a tech optimist and I believe tech can help people, genuinely, you know, help people's quality of life. And I think this is a really great example of, of potentially how that could work. I think so too. 
It's a great story. Awesome. Right, I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, and there's so many other things I'd love us to talk about. Um, well, and your suggestions, things like all the new Alexa features um, and skills. But should we should we start to round up? Round up. Now? Let's do that. Let's okay. Do so, should we have a quick little um, review of um, some of the usage that people have got at the moment? of voice experiences actually because this is something that I find fascinating yeah um, and maybe we could do this regularly as well if our listeners think that it's something that they're interested in absolutely know. and we 100% encourage people to, to write in contact mm-hmm. us and tell us what you like and what you don't like what you'd like us to talk about ramble on about and get try and get tequila sponsorship for next <laughs> yeah um, um, absolutely just use hashtag the botcast to send in any suggestions on any of our social channels and also you can always email us at info at webuildbots.ai because we really want this to be, you know, something that's for the community, right? We want yeah. the, 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 the conversation community to be involved with this. And, um, yeah, we, we really want to find out what you guys find interesting. But for me, I find the, the, the stats around um, what people use their voice experiences for super fascinating. So um, a great organization, voicebot.ai in the U.S., they do loads of, of um, really, really good surveying work um, on, on what the experiences are being used for around the world. They work with really good agencies um, as well that can help them kind of correlate all the data. Um, and they've published recently um, a really interesting report on the usage of uh, voice assistants and, and how they're being used on different devices. And actually, the, the really interesting thing, which did surprise me to be honest, is that the majority of voice assistants are on uh, smartphones. Yeah. Really interesting, actually. I, you just think because the news is all about Alexas and Google Assistants and, you know, portals, that that's where people are talking. Yeah. But it's not. I was surprised that too, but then I guess it's because more people own smartphones, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, must be it. Just yeah, sheer numbers. Just, yeah. So you, but I think we will, do you agree? I, I think we will see a, a shift in that massively. So uh, there's a stat here from US adults, 252 million US adults. 90 million of those um, use voice assistants regularly on their smartphones and 45 million of those use them on smart speakers. So, you know, it's still a huge number of people using their smart speakers, right, for the voice assistants. Absolutely, yeah. Incredible number. Um, But yeah, it shouldn't be forgotten that there are lots and lots of people that are using experiences voice on their smartphones. And voice only works where there's a really compelling use case for it, where it's better than doing it on the website or via the app, right? Absolutely. Via typing. So, and it's the same for chat as well. It's it's only where it's better than doing an existing experience. So, you know, 46 million people talking to their smart speakers are doing it because it's more efficient than any other other mechanism. And 90 million are doing it on their smartphones because it's more efficient than typing on their smartphones, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, that's a super big stat. Yeah. If that doesn't say why you should have some kind of voice experience in your app or website, I don't know what that's mean. That's like a compelling, really Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and then the, the final thing that I'd like to touch on in this, in this space in uh, a little uh, data dump, um, is the kind of things that people use their smart speakers for. Now, some of these aren't going to be surprising. So the vast majority of people use their uh, speakers for asking questions. So voice search, basically, still a massive um, massive use of smart speakers. You know, 91% of people say they've never tried it, but there's 72% of people um, say they use it monthly, and 30% of people say they use it daily. So huge numbers of people there using it regularly to ask uh, questions on. Then it's music streaming, that's the second biggest. 
Um, then it's checking the weather, setting timers, and listening to radio. The really interesting one for me, though, is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eighth most important thing people use their smart speakers for um, is their favorite skill or assistant app. So that's a third party skill. Yeah. So other than the stuff that's built in, which is a lot in most of these smart speaker systems, um, they're going out to the third parties. They're going out to brands that they know. They're going out to organizations that have built something um, really interesting that does something useful for them. Um, and they're using it regularly. You know, like 20, 25, 26% of people here are saying they use it regularly um, on their device. And what's really interesting is these are stats from January. Yeah. So they're already quite old. Um, um, and from the equivalent stats last year, that uh, that was all the, way, all the way down at the bottom. That was like 13th or 14th most popular thing people use their smart speakers for. Because I've been following these trends for a while. You know? yeah. And it was fair to say it wasn't particularly popular last year this time. Um, but to see that jump up you know, and become like the sixth or seventh most used thing on a smart speaker is, is a real sign that this is an, this is an industry that's just blowing up. and you have to be on board with otherwise you're going to be left behind unless you've got some presence in this space yeah I mean the stats speak for themselves don't they Um, the other things I was kind of quite shocked at was um, so ninth most used it's quick math um, is cooking recipes yeah so I think I I predict you've heard it here first that that will move up massively with the whole smart speakers you know because people are using them so much more in the kitchen it's it's becoming such a part of their kitchen setup so I think we'll see a big rise in that Um, 12th was to call somebody that's surprising I thought that would be way higher up because it's so easy to call people isn't it yeah on other devices yeah so why would you use one of these yeah I, yeah, I don't, I don't get that one. No, I think that's that's. But it's interesting because it shows a shift in behaviour. Yeah, and we know that it's difficult to shift users' habits. Yeah, you know, it's got to be. I think there's a stat that's uh, an experience has to be three or four times more useful to someone to get them to shift their behaviour across to it. Like, I that's think a really you're big right. Challenge. But why are people calling people on their smart speakers? It's super weird. Google Assistant lets you. Google Home lets you call landlines. And I think uh, I think Amazon are including that soon as well, maybe. But right. you know, Google Assistant, you can call landlines now. Landlines and mobiles for free. Yeah. So maybe that's helping to tip the balance in favour of that one a little bit. Maybe I f- yeah I feel like it, it must go that way. But it's still speakerphone, isn't it? It's still out loud. It's not a personal conversation. Yeah. Most of these will be voice only as well. They're not going to be video calling because you know the devices with screens and cameras aren't that popular. Like they haven't yeah. sold that many shows yet. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Hmm. Why that's so high? Yeah, and also making a purchase. Mm. So I I feel like I've actually recently I wrote a white paper and a blog um, about sort of the the use of chatbots and voice bots in e-commerce. Yeah. So I feel like there's so much scope there for that, and just using yeah voice as a, as a tool really, it's just a, it's a no-brainer. So I think we'll see a big rise. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's going to be a new channel for e-commerce, um, and it's it's going to mirror the same move that that, that uh, companies have seen from the web to mobile. You know, if yeah. you don't have a mobile experience, a mobile optimized experience, whether that's an app or a website to serve your e-commerce solution, you failed basically, didn't you? You know, you got yeah. left behind, and that will be the case with voice as well, unless you've got a compelling voice experience, voice purchasing experience for your your organisation, you will be left behind. 
Yeah, definitely. Talking about conversational commerce, the next podcast episode is actually with Charlie Cadbury. Um, and we're talking about conversational commerce. Amazing. So, One's a little listeners, tune into that. Um, anything else from your end, Craig? Let's wrap it up, shall we? We've been kept these, these good people long enough. Yeah, the only things I do want to mention is, I don't know whether you've heard about it, but the Amazon machine learning course has just been released. Interesting. Yeah, so um, apparently they're the same courses used by yeah. the Amazon developers that are now open to the public, which is amazing. Um, so there's 30 courses aimed at sort of devs, data scientists, um, data platform engineers, and just sort of business professionals. Um, so, yeah, if any of the listeners are interested in learning more about machine learning, you can find it at aws.training forward slash machine learning. And actually, the users only pay for the services used within the labs or the actual exams. Right. Which is really good, I think. Really interesting model, isn't it? Yeah. Really interesting model. You know, and I, I studied this at university back in the day. It feels like a long time ago now. Um, but it's, it's a fairly... Tr- tricky technical you know mathematics heavy logic heavy subjects you know absolutely so be able to offer these kind of very um high quality i would imagine but very specific courses yeah. you know, to the public for that kind of price point as well really really interesting yeah it is and does this not show that there's going to be a massive glut of talent you know like as these technologies and people with skills in these technologies grows um the supply is going to have to meet with the demand right so this is going to help Absolutely, because at the moment we are suffering from a big skills gap, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And we will be, so courses like this are only going to help with that, which is fantastic. Probably the first time Amazon have done something like this as well, is it? I think so, from what I, from what I know, yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah. Fa- Facebook have been quite good, and Google obviously, they've, they've got lots of really good documentation. Yeah. Um, but to actually put this kind of training material on that's generic, it's not about how to use AWS, <laughs> is it? It's a quite a generic kind of machine learning training. Is um, yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah. To get your learning on. Get your learning on. Do some machine learning learning. You go, brainy boots. (laughs) (laughs) Right. On that note, I think we'll wrap up. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Craig, you've been the best co-host ever. I've so enjoyed this chat. It's been really fun, and I'm looking forward to next month already. I've loved chatting with you two, and yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to the next one as well. And yeah, as we say, get us in with your um, ideas for what you would want to talk about next, and um, if you do have any kind of alcohol. <laughs> have I said that enough? Should I stop saying oh that now? Oh, God. Uh, you want to I mean, you've away? only mentioned it four times. I think that's fine, right? I'm going for a stiff drink. Okay, yeah, let's go to the pub. Until next week. Cheers, guys. Bye.